Welcome to the Remembering Ethan podcast. I'm Chris Tafoya. My guest today is Jake Batsell. Stefan Platamoni introduced me to Jake and told me that they were all friends growing up in Prescott. So uh, he gave me his information. I reached out to Jake and he was happy to speak with me. So I feel lucky that we were able to connect. Um, Through the course of our conversation, I learned that Jake was Ethan's friend way back when they were just toddlers. They used to have play dates together. And it was really interesting talking to him and talking to anyone really who knew Ethan in his younger years just kind of opens a window to that part of his life. And I'm always very interested in it. So Jake and I got in touch with each other. This is our first time talking. And he had some really good thoughts and insight into Ethan's early years. So this is my conversation with Jake. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Jake. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me this afternoon. Hi, Chris. Great to great to be here with you. Awesome. Yeah, you know, you were recommended to me by uh, Stefan, and Ethan's mom also uh, gave me some background about you, and then uh, Stefan gave me your information. I reached out, and I really appreciate you accepting the invitation to talk with me about Ethan. My pleasure. I mean, it's it's amazing what you've pulled together with this podcast, and I've I've listened to some of the episodes, and and uh, um, you know what a what a wonderful gift to remember, and and you know to remember how special he was, and and also just the impact he had on so many lives. Yes, I, I I'm learning that you know as I speak to people. I mean, he had a huge impact on me, and the more I talk to people, the more I realize how consistent that was, and. Um, I think it's very special to be able to talk to before we get into, you know, the framework of where you fit into Ethan's life. I'll just say real quick that you are a childhood friend of his and, you know, to speak to uh, Stefan and I'll be able to speak to you just kind of shines a a light on a whole other part of, you know, Ethan's early childhood and his rearing and his influence on people, even at such a young age. So um, it really is special that you decided to talk to me today. So I appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. And, you know, just getting ready to to meet with you today has uh, brought back a lot of memories of us uh, growing up together. So um, awesome. Good. Well, before we get into those memories, I can't wait to hear them. Um, can you give us a little background on yourself? Um, sure. Yeah, I um, uh, basically I, I uh, pursued a career in journalism after uh, graduating from Prescott High School. I went to Arizona State to the Cronkite School of Journalism, and then uh, uh, really left Arizona in in 1996 and had a career as a newspaper reporter at the Seattle Times and the Dallas Morning News, uh, which brought me here to Dallas, Texas, where I live now. And uh, about 15 years ago, I made the the change uh, from uh, being a practicing journalist to uh, teaching journalism as a professor at Southern Methodist University. Um, And so... um, I, I do that here. I'm actually married to another journalism professor and former journalist, uh, uh, Tracy uh, Everbach, who uh, teaches up at the University of North Texas in Denton. And um, uh, so we're a, a journalism professor couple and, and uh, you know, doing what we can to, to mold the journalists of the future. Very cool. Yeah. And I bet, um, I bet as a kids, uh, you were kind of interested in speaking with Ethan because his mom and Stefan both told me about he how he was very 
interested in world affairs at a very young age you know yeah he he really was and and uh you know i've got to think that being exposed to that um energy among you know one of my peers at that age you know kind of helped foster my interest in in the news and current events too because um yeah we uh ethan and i were both selected for a so-called gifted and talented program uh called new horizons in elementary school we went to uh, different elementary schools, uh, even though we were, you know, friends since we could basically walk and talk. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, there were weekly sessions where kids from different uh, elementary schools around Prescott would get together. And and um, I just remember, uh, you know, what a magnetic force he was in that classroom. And a lot of it was, um, you know, just kind of his own take on the news, you know, I mean, he was really kind of performing political satire as a fourth grader or a fifth grader. Wow. And, uh, uh, you know, he was very, very uh, mindful of the Cold War and our relationship with the Soviet Union at the time. And, and uh, you know, he and I ended up being part of a, a, a delegation of students uh, from Prescott that, that toured Russia in 1989, uh, while it was still the USSR. And I can talk more about that. But but going back to those, uh, you know, when we were in fourth and fifth grade, um, I just I remember he um, he he sang in class one time, uh, he, you know, his his own take on the Lee Greenwood, God bless the USA uh, song um, about, you know, from a from a Soviet perspective. Um, and, um, you know, that was mid 1980s, you know, USA patriotism was riding high and and, um, you know, he, you know, at that age, you know, he he had his own his own satire version of the song from a from a Russian perspective saying, you know, and I sadly sit down knowing that and drop of passed away. And um, I mean, you just think about that. I mean, he was nine or 10 years old, you know, yeah. coming up with that. And um, and actually, it was fun listening to the uh, bonus episode you did with Steph, where uh, playing some of the um, voicemails that Ethan had left him. And uh, he actually sang that whole song. And that was a real treat to uh, to hear that because um, uh, but that's just the you know, the the type of uh, creative, you know, just uh, just creative and, and really an, an incisive wit and take on things. Um you know, even at that age, he was he was so confident and intelligent, but irreverent as well. Uh, but but, you know, always in, you know, really upbeat, kind of welcoming, um, friendly way. And uh, uh, so, yeah, um, uh, just uh, and, and uh, as we were talking earlier too, you know, dressing up as Gorbachev for Halloween. Um, so, yeah, he was always always plugged into world world affairs national affairs and uh not just paying attention but you know conceptualizing you know, all, exactly all of those things and understanding the relationships between the countries and the and the intricacies of the politics going on at the time i mean what 10 year old sits around absorbing that you know right right wow. and it, yeah especially i mean you know you think about today and the way that the news has evolved and and uh uh, it was pretty pretty rare and special, you know, even um, yeah. at that age. So, okay, well, how about early memories? I mean, um, you know, we were speaking a little bit before we, I hit the record button, and you had mentioned uh, that your mom reminded you that you Ethan was one of your first play play buddies when you guys were just little dudes, like two three years old. Um, do any memories come to you from those early days? I, me personally, I can remember a couple little scenes from, from perhaps my toddler years, but. How about you and Ethan? Any anything come to the surface there? Um, 
Well, it's more images, I guess. I mean, um, yeah, we were in uh, the Montessori group together, and I thought that's how far we went back. But then uh, when Ethan passed, I was talking with my mom, and she said, no, you're, he was part of your original play group when you were three years old. Um, you know, we had, you know, bull haircuts and, and um, you know, over, overalls and, um, you know, uh, so, so really it's just, um, I don't have specific memories of that time. I mean, the, the, the more specific ones uh, that kind of come to mind start at that, at that um, New Horizons era when we, we started um, going to those classes together. Um, but just, you know, always, always such a bright light um, and, you know, full of creative energy and ideas, um, you know, the, and, and obviously that personality continued, you know, throughout his whole life. Um, so, um, but yeah, um, but yeah, uh, uh, nothing, nothing too too specific uh, from that from that era. Did your mom that. did your mom share any insight or or kind of recall any of her memories of you guys playing when you were that little? Um, or did she just kind of mention that? It, yeah, that, I should I should I should have talked to her before I talked to you. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, yeah. So well, now um, you can. Now after yeah, this, you can ask. Yeah, me. yeah. absolutely, definitely. I would imagine it it was probably pretty fun to watch you little dudes running around playing. I bet Ethan was even at that age. Well, his mom told me stories about, uh, you know, them going on hikes to Mingus Mountain and things like that. And Ethan, even at two, three years old, pointing out, I think what I can't remember if it was a dinosaur or a stone that was in the shape of a dinosaur or the United States. Either one, you know, he was picking stuff like that out even at that young age. So I would imagine that it was just a blast to play with them when you guys were little, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe it. I mean, it's just, you know, his, his, he, he was, he was always on, you know, his brain was always, you know, swirling around with ideas and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And, and um, uh, so um, yeah, but where that, that really started to take shape, um, you know, in terms of my memories was, was uh, elementary school. And then, um, we went to different, uh, middle schools and then, uh, went to high school together as well. So now did you dabble in music in high school at all? Did you guys have that in common or was that something? Not that, really, uh, not really. Okay. You know, I was the, uh, I was the editor. I was, my big passion was journalism and news ever since I was young. I had, uh, you know, did my own, um, fourth grade weekly newsletter, a newspaper that I'd have the teacher make copies and pass to the class and, um, and so that's why I think, you know, Ethan's interest in in uh, in the news and what was going on and, and his take on it, you know, was so appealing to me at that age. Um, but um, so I also I played a lot of sports as well. Um, and uh, I played uh, football and baseball and basketball. And so football or, you know, sports and uh, journalism were my two passions. Um, and, you know, music was Ethan's uh, passion. I mean, I always. um Ad admired that about him so much i mean i remember um he and steph uh you know rocking ed villaborgi's history class on 60s day you know and, and i remember that being a real uh that was that was in high school um our junior or senior year and um uh i don't think i had heard him perform at least you know while you know plugged in um you know, actually, actually, you know, plugged into, you know, a real kind of musical uh, set and everything. And I remember just being kind of blown away at how yeah, he was playing um, Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. And and uh, I remember just walking in and being like, you know, wow, you know, like I knew he was he was talented, but um, uh, but, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is really something special. So, 
Yeah, Stefan shared that video with me, and and uh, Ethan, I made I created a Facebook page for Ethan's podcast, and I posted mm-hmm. it on there. And I watched that. I sat and watched that whole thing, you know, even when Ethan wasn't performing, just to kind of, because you know I'm the same age as you guys, so I could the styles of haircuts were the same, the dress was the same. I could, it could have been in my own high school, you know. I sat there and kind of thought, what you know, imagine what it would be like to be there watching them. And I remember thinking. Man, I would think Ethan is so cool, especially if he was my friend watching him up because he was really even at that point, he was, you know, playing really well. I, I was really observant of his performance and his charisma already, you know, that he was developing and some of the Beatles songs he was playing. Man, he didn't lo- even look at his hands. You know, it was yeah. just very talented guy. So, yeah, that's cool. That it's special that you were there. So I probably... I might have even caught you on that uh, video somewhere and not realized that. Were you in the you were in the room with them watching? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they they played uh, they cool. played several performances throughout the day. Um, but um, I I should I should go check that out because it it was uh, a real um, just memorable moment where it was it was sort of like you know I I knew he was talented I knew he was into music you know but um, but it really was like seemed like a professional yeah a great band and uh just just really knocked my socks off and um you know other he he, you know just expressing himself through through music too at that age um a little bit after that um he and i were both um selected to represent prescott high school at boys state you know the big um uh political um you know statewide sort of political conference um that you know every every state has and um and so you know it's it's you know i think gosh it's only two or three students or maybe maybe four per high school from around the state and uh, and and it was up in flagstaff uh up at, at at nau and um and so it's just you know you you meet a lot of motivated kids uh you know and fellow students from all over the state and um you know a lot of students a lot of kids who are there take it really seriously and like you know you you um it's like a mock election and in you know someone r- runs for president for uh for governor and secretary of state and um there's uh, an assembly and there's lobbying going on and um i took the uh the newspaper role where i was you know the editor of the boy state newspaper and and um so a lot of us you know took it took it very seriously um but um ethan found some like-minded uh musicians at boy state and yeah. um uh, he, um, you know, he was tasked with coming up with a performance for, you know, like the big send off on uh, the last uh, the last night before everyone left. And um, I think, you know, it was like it was like the 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 I'm trying to think of the group that put it on. It was like the the Rotary or the the Veterans of Foreign Affairs of Foreign Wars of the VFW. I think it it was. And so I think the expectation <laughs> was that the band was going to do a very, you know, again, you know, Lee Greenwood-esque sort of um, patriotic um, wave the flag, you know, type of uh, performance. And um, I remember the, and I'm, you know, this came from from Ethan, you know, he and his, his Boy State band um, instead did a satire of Boy State. Um, and it was to the tune of uh, Losing My Religion by R.E.M., Sure. <laughs> um, and uh, he, he I remember his take on it was losing my consciousness. Uh, uh, it was something like, you know, that's me in the corner, 
that's me falling asleep because boy state is so boring or something like that, you know? And, and I remember at that time too, like, you know, like, you know, just like, again, that sort of creative energy, but also a reverence, you know, because that's not what the VFW organizers were expecting. That's not what a lot of, uh, uh, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed students were expecting. And it took some guts. It took some balls yeah. to do that. Uh, I remember just having, you know, even even more respect for him and his his musical voice at that point. And it, it even, you know, connected back to some of those songs that he, uh, you know, that he did uh, when he was nine or 10 years old as well. Just, uh, you know, uh, just just always uh, putting his own stamp on things. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. And it takes guts to get up in front of not only your peers, but, you know, there's uh, teachers hanging around, administrators, you know, I, at that age, I can only assume that I'd be fearful of saying anything out of, you know, out of term to in front of them. But yeah, Ethan was fearless in that way. Uh, I'm learning, you know, after speaking to so many people about him. He was. Yeah, absolutely. It made us all, it made us all laugh and crack up, you know, sure. <laughs> nervous laughter at first, but then like, um, you know, really, really just, you know, just, just, just spoke to his spirit, you know? And, uh, cause I mean, you know, it, 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 it was kind of boring in a lot of ways, and, <laughs> right? And, you know, and I mean, he, he, um, you know, I mean, he was picked for that uh, gifted and talented group in elementary school. I mean, he, he could definitely, you know, hang with the nerds, you know, uh, and and everything. But, um, you know, I think he um, uh, just, you know, formal school and formal activities like that were were sort of less less important to him than um, than than you know putting his creative energy out there in the world. And and that was one another instance where he did that. So had you had you heard at all about the um the the boy state thing before or no but that that is super cool I mean and so in that did you guys actually like um get up and debate uh political ideology or... yeah yeah it was sort of you know there's actually a um I think it's on um Apple TV plus um there's a documentary called Boy State that uh, documents the Texas version of, so oh. it's like a national thing, cool. uh, but it's basically like for a full week, you know, it becomes its own political society and there's two political parties, you know, but it's, it's like, it's like, you know, the, um, uh, the, the constitutionalists, you know, and the federalists or something, you know, it's like, it's, it's, right. it's not like Republican and Democrat. It's just like two blank slates, you know, and uh, you're assigned one of the political parties. Um, and, um, you know, so, but yeah, so, and there's like a whole election and, and uh, then it all kind of culminates in that, in that big, you know, that big uh, kind of ceremony uh, the night before it all ends. So. Uh, and and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure okay. Ethan was, um, you know, involved and spoke well in it and that kind of thing. I mean, do you remember him being, uh, you know, quick and witty with that kind of stuff? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, so like he, you know, he fully participated and I mean, just like, you know, you know, he and I, you know, I took the, the journalism role, you know, chronicling, uh, what was going on and, you know, he was, he took the band, the band role. And I think, you know, the band role had to play other types of music for other, you know, functions, um, mm -hmm. as well. But, um, uh, so yeah, so he was he was fully participating, but I but uh, but I think that uh, uh, that moment you know was another another moment where it was just like you know wow just just complete respect. So 
Sure. And something just mentioned, you know, um, after talking with, with Stefan for a while, I realized that he fit into so many different social circles when you guys, you know, were in school. And then, you know, you mentioning that, that sports was your passion and journalism. I'm sure you guys ran in different circles, but during, during that time when you were kind of in your own areas, did you, you and Ethan inter intersect at all? Did he, did you also like run into him in the hallway or did he come by yeah, absolutely. Close to each other in your neighborhood? Yeah, we had a few classes together, too. Um, you know, there was the sort of dreaded uh, anatomy and physiology class our sophomore year where, um, you know, every there's a, you know, it was a team of students where you would dissect a cat. And I remember having study sessions, you know, over at his house um, uh, for that class. Um, I think, though, too, he was always so supportive, like he would he would come to the football games and cheer his head off, you know, and um, there was even a uh, powder puff football game, um, so-called, you know, where it was, you know, the the um, female athletes from the school were playing and um, he was a cheerleader, you know, he like dressed up in a cheerleader outfit and was on the sideline just, um, you know, just cheering on, you know, some of our friends, you know, playing in the powder puff uh, football game. Um, and um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, we still definitely intersected a lot. Um, you know, I actually, um, uh, another close friend of ours who's, who has, who has since passed away, um, Tess Jones, uh, her name was Tess Hastings at the time. Um, I went back and looked at an email exchange that we had, um, uh, right, you know, a few days after Ethan passed and, and, uh, that was, you know, one of her observations was just, just, just the raw exuberance for anything he loved and, and, and um, the way he would, you know, support his friends, uh, you know, however he could. And, and, um, you know, just, he was, he was comfortable in so many settings, uh, like you said, but, um, uh, but, um, you know, uh, he, he, he could definitely function in, in a variety of different settings. Um, but um, uh, just always uh, just a creative force of energy. Yeah, that's that's so interesting to hear. Um, you know, he would come out and support your football games and, you know, uh, lift his friends up and whatever it was that they were interested in, because he very much did that in the music scene with a lot of our um, common musician friends. You know, I was a little uh, it was like my first uh, musical project organized one was with Ethan. And so you know, I had some reservations and I was kind of shy and I didn't know if my songs were good enough. And he was just really, I was so supportive. It was ridiculous how supportive he was. And he really, you know, coaxed those songs that helped me write a couple of them, you know, and I saw, and I observed that with so many people, whether they were advanced musicians or just starting out, you know? So that's interesting to hear that even back then that was part of his paradigm. Yeah. That's, that's also interesting and, and not surprising to hear that that carried on too because likewise yeah. no yeah you you I you know see him after the game or you know after a football game where I scored a touchdown or something and he'd always you know hey great great job Jake you know that, yeah. that was and not just not just saying that but like you know offering some sort of an observation about it and uh, right um yeah. you know yeah and you know write writing notes or you know um uh yeah just always uh you know really really selfless in that in that regard yeah, almost like uh, he had an enthusiasm for other people's um, joys. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, um, it's like he reveled in his friends' accomplishments as well, and almost made them his. 
his own owned him as well <laughs> that's interesting yeah yeah uh, well and and um it, it sounds like that you know really carried over into his musical career oh sure i mean yeah. i did you know in in you know again i left arizona in 1996 and started my journalism career made it back uh, to prescott a few times and to phoenix a few times i i do remember seeing him perform with as is um uh and then um occasionally in prescott as well um so uh so, uh, but, you know, I, I, in terms of, you know, understanding, you know, the full scope of, you know, how many lives he touched, just, just hearing how supportive he was uh, very much tracks with uh, what his personality and attitude toward his friends was um, uh, growing sure. up. And, you know, as long as the, as long as the podcasts are out there, I hope that they just float, float around in the universe for a while after I finish this project, you know, when you get time, you can listen to several of the people who he influenced you know in that scene maybe give you a, a clearer picture of what he was up to during those years you know yeah absolutely um i mean you know reading his obituary to you know just you know hearing hearing about the extent of his accomplishments um uh, again not surprising but really uh really uh just you know pretty pretty jaw-dropping at um where music took him uh through his career so um, Ethan told me about, and Kathleen uh, recently gave me some more information, but Ethan told me, I remember one time uh, we were hanging out and he said, you know, when I was a kid, I went to Russia and that was a really cool experience. And he, and he had a picture of him playing guitar and he was in Russia, he had a little acoustic guitar. And so Kathleen, you know, when I told her that you and I were um, scheduled to talk, she told me that you went on that trip with him and I got real excited because uh, I didn't think I'd be able to speak to someone who shared that experience with them. So can you tell us about how that, how it came to be and what it was like to go on that trip and any memories you have of Ethan when you guys went together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, so what, what an amazing trip in retrospect too. I mean, this was the summer of 1989, you know, and at the height of Perestroika and Glasnost and, right. uh, you know, the Berlin Wall fell a few months later after we were there. Um, you know, the the trip began in early June when uh, Tiananmen Square uh, happened in China. And um, uh, so, I mean, just just in terms of the, um, you know, just kind of the final throes of the Cold War and um uh, you know, that was the moment that we were there. And um, and so it was a, a group of about um, 25 or 30 uh, of, uh, of, you know, st combined students and a few uh, parent chaperones who went. Um, it was part of a, a, a program called People to People um, High School Student Ambassador Program. And so we basically um, had a little bit of, of prep in, in D.C. and New York uh, and then flew uh, to Moscow and rode in buses across the um, across the country together. Um, even went to Estonia, which was still part of the uh, former Soviet Union at that time, and, and met with um, the mayor there uh, and proposed becoming sister cities. Uh, you know, for the city of Prescott and the city of Narva, Estonia. Um, so that was the um, you know sort of the the structure of the trip was um, you know uh, you know really about two dozen. Uh, high school kids uh, from Prescott, Arizona, you know, traveling around Russia at this time when um, democracy was just uh, becoming contagious. Um, so, um, so yeah, um, uh, you know, things have obviously evolved in, in unexpected directions in Russia ever since there, but just to be there 
at that moment. I mean, I remember uh, arriving, uh, flying into the Moscow airport and um, we were getting, you know, news coverage by Soviet state media. And um, there were, you know, people there to meet us, asking us what we thought about uh, uh, George Bush, the first George Bush, who had, who had just been elected um, at the time. And um, so, you know, especially as we've established Ethan's, you know, uh, uh, awareness of world affairs, um, it's just something that he he really, he really soaked in. Um, and, uh, it was, um, you know, it was just amazing to experience together. Very cool. Yeah. And then uh, were you around when he was playing his guitar for Russian, little Russian kids? Yeah. We wound up at, at some yeah. kind of, that happened. yeah, we wound, we wound up at a youth camp. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it was, you know, cause he, he did bring his guitar. I'm not sure if it was prearranged that we were going to be singing, uh, Beatles songs today, you know, together um, with these Russian kids. Um, uh, but um, I remember, you know, he was playing his guitar and and uh, we sang Yesterday together. Um, and um, just the the whole the whole experience was um, uh, was just so in inspiring at the time, you know, as kids because we really we connected with. Um, you know, we'd been, you know, brought up in, in this Cold War era, you know, that Russians were the enemy and, and, you know, they were out to destroy us. And, um, and we just, you know, connected with certainly the kids at this camp, but there were individual families that we, uh, you know, got together with and had dinners with and, and, um, and, uh, so, uh, I, I actually went back, uh, you know, knowing that we were talking today and went back and found uh, an article in the Prescott Courier, uh, our, our town newspaper, where they interviewed uh, some of the students who went about their experience. And Ethan was one of the students picked to share. And uh, there was a, a quote that he gave to the Prescott Courier at the time that said, you know, basically people are just about the same wherever you go. Um, and, you know, with his personality, that was um, that was his it, he just so easily connected with everyone. You know, he he in the article talked about how he met a fellow teenager who liked English and guitar and the Beatles. And and um, and it was just a real, you know, just the time that we were there and um, uh, was just was was so optimistic. And um, uh, so it was just, uh, you know, there there were you know, so many, so many times and instances where I saw him really, uh, really just soak that in. And, uh, but definitely, you know, playing those Beatles songs with the kids at the camp uh, was, was one of the highlights of that. Sure. And how did the kids react to it? I mean, did, did they take to it right away? Were they joining yeah, in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it was, you know, it was surprising to us that, you know, so many uh, of these Soviet kids, you know, knew Beatles songs um, and yeah, right. they didn't, yeah. They didn't speak a lot of English, um, but but they knew, you know, the the lyrics to the songs. But in terms of conversational English, they didn't talk. They didn't know a lot. I remember um, there were certain, you know, phrase books that they gave us. And and um, there were uh, different um, phrases. And, and he 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 definitely um, I remember him really uh take you know soaking that up too and using the language whenever he could but i remember one of there was a phrase yeah which is i think don't understand and then yeah which meant i love you and uh, i remember a little girl came up to me and was you know speaking in russian and um, i didn't understand her and i meant to say uh, I don't understand, but instead I told her I love you and uh, you know, um, you know, just you know, just 
someone pointed that out to us and, you know, we just kind of, you know, had a, had a good laugh about it, but, um, but yeah, just that, that, you know, singing to those Beatles songs really, really connected us and unified us um, and, uh, you know, spoke to the, um, you know, just the, uh, the optimistic energy of the time as well. Sure. And the universal commonalities of mankind and appreciating a good song that whether it was from the United States or from Russia or, whatever and i could see oh man ethan would have been an awesome ambassador wouldn't he have if he had gone that route with things yeah i, I mean and he he was and and um i think too though you know some of his um you know satirical observations you know kind of kicked in as well because you know we would go from town to town and we'd have these these meals and um it was always you never kind of knew what you were going to get you know and and uh i was you know reading that prescott courier article he's like you know yeah there was one one kid you know it was uh, he called it backbone soup uh you know or or when the the beef tongue you know when the uh a, a, another fellow student you know screamed at the beef tongue when she saw taste buds staring back at her on the plate and you know he's recounting recounting all of this with a you know newspaper reporter um you know i another thing about him too is uh i remember um getting on the bus at one point and there was our our uh soviet um guide tour guide was kind of going down the the roll and he didn't speak the greatest english and um he he got to my name, you know, Jake Batzel, but he he pronounced it Hawk Hawk Basel. And, you know, like everyone was looking at each other in the in the bus, like, what? Uh who's Hawk Basel? Who's Hawk Basel? So someone went up and, you know, looked at the role and said, Oh no, this is Jake. You know, you know, Jake's here. Um, but Ethan just cracked up at that and and it was uh, he thought it was so funny. And and basically Hawk Basel was my nickname for the rest of high school after that. And and uh, uh from with him anyway. And uh, yeah. he was the only person who remembered it. Um, you know, but that became my sort of you know personal nickname for him, you know, from his perspective. And um uh, but yeah, I mean, um, just then the Iron Curtain, you know, came down a couple of months later. Um, you know, as I mentioned, Tiananmen Square happened um, on June 4th. I think it was the night before we flew to Moscow. We we ended up in Leningrad. It wasn't St. Petersburg yet. It was it was still Leningrad. And um, uh, I remember uh, there were a group of Soviets at a, a cathedral um, protesting in support of the Tiananmen Square protesters. Um, and uh, I remember we were just going by and just just stunned, you know, like what, you know, like a, a you know, a show of support, a kind of anti-communist uh, protest going on. And we're watching this here in 1989. So um it just uh was it was an amazing time but but to experience that you know with him um it's definitely one of the most um you know one, one of the most memorable experiences that i had with him um growing up sure and i bet for both of you guys that was just uh, an immensely important experience and and a kind of a eye-opening you know like it almost like i would think that when you guys got back you were a little more worldly than your peers you know just going over there and seeing especially during that time as you mentioned earlier you know, at the height of all that stuff. Yeah. And just going back and, and, and uh, sharing, you know, like he did with the newspaper. Um, I would give slide presentations at, uh, you know, like the, the Rotary Club and different places too. And just really kind of conveying the message, you know, that, that core message that, you know, Ethan was quoted as saying in the Prescott Curry is that, you know, basically people are just about the same wherever you go. And, uh, and his personality was just, you know, perfect match for that. 
Yeah, it sounds like that trip was a perfect match for you as well, being interested in journalism and world affairs. I bet that had a huge impact on you growing up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, um, uh, you know, it's, you know, I guess, you know, it really felt like at the time that, that, that you know, the Cold War was over, things were tipping and, and uh, you know, the world was on its way to becoming a complete democracy. And, you know, obviously things in Russia have, have gone in a, in a different direction uh, in more recent years. But um, just just yeah, it was it was um, incredible uh, and uh, uh, really lucky that we were able to go there uh, specifically at that time. So was it. Um... Was it towards the end of high school where you guys kind of went off and lived lived your separate lives kind of thing? Is so you guys are buddies from little tiny guys all the way up until senior year, end of senior year type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I think um I remember we took a road trip together, um, which uh was Kathleen's idea, which I always appreciated. It was my first kind of solo road trip where, you know, I was allowed to um he and I drove to visit um some of his relatives in San Diego and um uh it's probably our last extended time together where you know it was just the two of us uh you know on a, on a road trip and then um I went to ASU and and uh you know uh still uh cross paths with Ethan especially since I Stefan and I uh were in school together as well and um you know uh you know Ethan later went to went to ASU and uh but but yeah I'd say um I'd say you know as far as uh our, our close friendship. Um, that's, uh, that's when we started going our separate paths. Okay. And so that, that was probably what, uh, let's see, I graduated in 93. So maybe from like the mid nineties on until, you know, um, before Ethan passed away, did you guys, you mentioned that you had come back and watched him play and as is perhaps in the early two yeah. thousands, that kind of stuff, but did you guys keep in touch in touch much over the years or, um, no, I got it. I mean, not, not that, um, uh, intentionally, I mean, uh, it was, you know, we, we encountered each other when I would come back to Arizona, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, and I saw him play from time to time. Um, you know, obviously, um, once Facebook <laughs> became a thing, uh, you know, following his career because he was, he was so great about, you know, posting his gigs that were coming up. And, um, so I kind of followed, uh, you know, from afar, uh, uh, from that standpoint, but, um, but yeah, our, our, our close friendship, um, you know, pretty much spanned from, um, uh, mid seventies to mid nineties. Wow. Well, you got plenty of years being, being his buddy and man, I can only, dude, I would, I would have loved to have a friend like Ethan when I was in school. <laughs> I would have, I feel like it would have taken my coolness chart up a few notches, you know, just hanging out with them and feeling his, you know, watching his confidence and, cutting up with them in class and listening to his jokes and knowing, Oh yeah. You know, Ethan, he's my buddy. We used to hang out, you know, but yeah, that was really absolutely. Cool growing up with a guy like that. Yeah. It, it, it really was, it was, it was such a gift to grow up with him and, and be his friend and, and, um, you know, just benefit from, uh, just not just his, his creativity and everything that he offered, but just how, um, uh, conscientious he was and and uh, and selfless and in, in lifting up his friends as well um uh so um yeah it was um uh, i just you know was i'm so i'm so grateful for uh, having the chance to have have grown up with him as a as as one of my best childhood friends
Sure. And the fact that those those feelings still remain so strong with you after all these years. I mean, I had buddies in high school and a couple that I, you know, we all have those two or three guys and girls that we stay in touch with pretty regular over the years. I've got my two or three. But, you know, for those feelings to um, endure all those years is such a special thing, you know, and not surprising after getting to know more and knowing Ethan and being around him and talking to so many people who love him, you know. You know, yeah. another. Oh, oh sorry. go ahead, please. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, my 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 uncle, my uncle Bruce, uh, is, uh, was a bartender in Scottsdale and got to know Ethan as well too. So it was, uh, it was kind of fun through Bruce to kind of keep up on. Oh, you know, as is is you know is traveling all over the place, or you know, um, you know. So I got to kind of you know, uh, follow the arc of his career, uh, you know, through my through my uncle as well. Sure, and just like with anyone, like I hear about certain friends from my childhood or high school through other friends or through my family, you know, my stepdad, my stepdad might say, Oh, you remember Diana Munoz? You know, she, I heard that she married this guy and they live over here. And so I'm sure you heard, especially with how impactful Ethan was, you probably heard stories throughout the years, you know, from mutual friends or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, his, his, uh, his bond with, with Stefan was so, I mean, they were, they were just, um, you know, so, so, you know, perfectly, matched and suited for each other and both so uh you know creative and and it was it was always fun to you know be part of that energy as well and and to observe it um uh you know so um uh yeah i i uh, uh am truly grateful and and uh you know was was uh you know just so gutted you know at the news uh but um but it's it's really heartening to uh you know with this podcast series that you're doing to um really you know for the record kind of uh mm-hmm. you know record um how many lives he touched and and how that spirit you know just extended in in so many ways yeah those guys they were a perfect match after talking to him and hearing stories and seeing the pictures and all the stuff it's like man you guys were real lucky to find each other as well you know yeah i, I know what you mean in terms of you know it being in Stefan's presence, you know, kind of feeling, uh, feeling like, like Ethan's there too, because, totally, uh, you know, just, just their, um, their rapport and, and, uh, you know, uh, kindness. Yeah. Kindness. I mean, you know, finishing each other, finishing each other's sentences, um, obviously the musical creativity, you know, but also, you know, just, um, uh, you know, just, you know, just reading, reading the room too, you know, uh, and just having that sort of ability to, um, uh, you know, not sugarcoat things <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, all those, all those qualities, um, for sure, um, were, were just, you know, great things to experience growing up. I bet. So I've been kind of leading you around with questions and, you know, my, my own curiosities, but were there any, um, thoughts or memories or ideas or anything that that when you were thinking you know in preparing for speaking to me that came to you that I didn't touch on with you you know I mean I think we've we've covered a lot of it I mean um you know I think uh uh you know I definitely wanted to 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 talk about the Russia trip and and just the ways that he supported uh all of all of us and and uh you know just some of those memories going back to how um you know his 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 sharp take on things uh was evident at such a young age uh whether it's you know uh 
Lee Greenwood lyrics or, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, losing my consciousness at Boy State. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, um, a lot of, a lot of these things have been just wonderful to go back and, uh, and reread, you know, rereading that article that quoted him in the Prescott Courier and, um, uh, just, uh, brought a lot of things back and, uh, um, but I think, I think too highlights, I think we're both realizing, you know, just the consistency of his character, you know, like a lot of, a lot of people, you know, go through life and they evolve into different people. But, um, uh, a lot of these, these qualities, you know, that, that resonated and stuck with me, um, that I've been sharing, you know, sounds like, uh, uh, really extended to, um, a lot of his friends especially in the music community as well so um it's mm -hmm. it's pretty cool to to realize that and and to connect you know and and uh, uh and kind of make that connection sure okay well i just have a couple more questions for you and then i'll let you get back to your um beautiful saturday dallas afternoon um so one of my favorite things to speaking to people is just to hear about memories or stories that they have with ethan and it's not always easy to do because he was so charismatic and such a, you know, a huge figure in so many people's lives. It's almost like they seem to meld together, you know. So picking out any one specific thing is not an expectation that I have anymore like I did when I first started this. But thinking of back for all the years that you guys were together, are there any um, uh, memories or things that pop out in your mind when you think back to, you know, seeing Ethan around town or at school? Were you ever like standing around with them when something cool happened or, you know, anything like that? And if, if nothing bubble pops up, that's fine, but I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of those memories that, that I have, I've, I've, I've shared already, but um, okay. I guess I would say more, more generally, you know, just like whenever you would encounter him um, at school or in the hall or just unexpectedly out and around and about town um, you know you knew he was going to um, he was going to connect with you he was going to give you his full attention you know he was he was going to say something um, unique you know some unique observation that he had about you you know and you, you'd walk away from it you know feeling feeling energized you know it wasn't just sort of a oh hey you know or something like that you know it, it'd be he, he'd remember you know something um something very specific to you you know and uh and uh just just every interaction with him um was always was was just was just a delight because it was so personal and and there was always so much um you know just uh creativity um and and unique perspective behind it yeah that's an awesome insight i'm glad that you mentioned that because something just kind of clicked for me which is, um, you know, when you say that he would give you your full attention, I mean, that definitely extended, you know, throughout his life and throughout my relationship with him. And you're right. Anytime you saw Ethan, he's just zeroed in on you and and provided some kind of, a yeah, an observation or something related to you or, you know, whether he asked about your family or about something that you were involved with. And when you think about it, you know, most people you meet, um, it's a rare thing to get someone who gives you their full attention without looking at their watch or over your shoulder or, you know, that was a very, very, very special aspect of his personality. Yeah. Just, yeah. The, the more we talk about it too, just this, the sincerity, the sincerity was always right. there. Yeah. Um, he was not a disingenuous guy. No. And, and, and welcoming too. Like, you know, even if he was, 
even if he was poking poking fun at things you know uh, right. uh you know it was still in just just this this good natured kind of he was doing it with a laugh you know he wasn't he wasn't doing it with a with a with a sharp edge or you know trying to right. dig the knife in or anything like that there was always just something you know really really welcoming about his energy it's been awesome talking to you jake this is this is the kind of stuff um that I love to learn about, you know, when I'm speaking with my common friends, our common friend, our mutual friends with Ethan, it's a pleasure and a joy as well. And I really enjoy those conversations um, to hear their own take, you know, cause it wasn't like we ever sat down and specifically talked about what it was that made Ethan special while he was around, but especially uh, with you and, and Stefan, even though Stefan kind of was in both of those situations just to um, see him through someone else's eyes is such a special thing. And I know other people are going to appreciate it as well. Um, So I have one last question for you. And it's one I like to end every podcast with, because I'm always curious about it. But if you had a chance to kind of um, talk to Ethan one more time or express any kind of, you know, convey any kind of message to him, what, what do you think that would be? Oh yeah. Well, um, you know, I got a, I, I, I would say that um, of the, you know, the COVID pandemic, um, he's probably the person I knew most closely who, uh, who passed away uh, as part of the pandemic. And um, uh, when, uh, I think it was the one year, was it the one year anniversary or the six month anniversary um, uh, our campus uh, here at SMU in Dallas um, has a, a bell, you know, where they were ringing a bell and it was, they were having basically a moment of silence for silence for all who had passed away. And, um, yeah. uh, I, you know, took, took that moment to kind of walk, you know, over underneath the bell myself and just kind of, you know, really, really think of Ethan and, and kind of just convey to him, um, at that moment as, you know, the bell was ringing and, and, you know, it was, a, it was, you know, I was, uh, there were there were a few tears at the time too, but just um, just just gratitude to him um, for um, you know for for his um, you know just what a great friend he was um, just for his his unique and creative uh, perspective about the world for really kind of you know lighting lighting a fire uh, when we were both kids with in terms of uh, just you know soaking up um world events and you know putting your own you know take on them and and uh, uh just you know what i've what i've talked about in terms of uh always being a selfless friend and and uh uh so um i guess if if i you know could get a message to him i'd i'd just be i'd just say you know hey man um uh, you know you know so grateful for our friendship uh it's just you know such a gift to grow up with you and um uh, you know, just, um, um, so glad, you know, for everything that we experienced together, um, growing up as kids in Prescott, Arizona and, and seeing, seeing the world together as well. So, um, so just, just, just pure, pure gratitude would be my main message. That's, that's awesome, man. I'm sure that he would accept it gladly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he definitely would. Um, yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, and I mean, just this this experience has been great to um, you know to really not just reconnect with my old memories, but but also just hear you know how these same qualities just really 
um, continued, uh, you know, beyond the the time that we were uh, uh, that we were growing up together. Good. I'm glad. And it's reciprocal, man. This has been very enjoyable for me as well. And I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to do it. So thank you. My pleasure. Well, you know, any Prescottonians listening, uh, great to, you know, uh, uh, talk about Ethan and remember, you know, the great impact he had in our lives. And and thanks so much to you, Chris, for um, everything you're doing to uh, to honor Ethan's legacy and uh, really document it for uh, uh, for all of us. Of course, you're welcome. And and thanks to everyone who um, talks to me. Couldn't do it without you guys. <laughs> All right, Jake. Well, you have a wonderful day and it's a pleasure meeting you. And um, I wish you continued success and you have a good day. Great. Thanks. You too, Chris. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. It was very interesting to hear Jake's perspective on his friendship with Ethan growing up in Prescott. And it also shows that Ethan has always been a very special person and very kind to his friends. So thank you, Jake, for taking the time to talk to me. It was an amazing addition to the podcast series. Please make sure to join me next week when I'll be doing my second roundtable with the band Tate. Tate was a cover band that Ethan was in, and they were very popular in the Valley. And uh, just a great band, um, excellent musicians. The band included Alan Chadwick, Todd Miller, and Tony King. And they're all good friends of mine, and we had a great time talking. So I hope you can return to listen to that. I'd like to leave you today with a song that I wrote and brought to Ethan in 2013. After my conversation with Jake, Um, I was just reminded about how supportive and encouraging he was in his friends' endeavors. And this was one of those songs I brought to Ethan that uh, I didn't have a lot of confidence in, but he really made me feel good about the song and even helped me arrange it a little bit. So this is a song that really reminds me of Ethan and some of those qualities that he had with helping his friends uh, in their creative journeys. So the name of this song is How I Came to Be, and it's off my my last EP called Long White Line. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you soon. Yeah.
Somebody on my own That's how I